The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Really, what they all seem to be saying was the same foundational message, was that whole foods were better than processed foods. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that makes sense because processed foods are full of all kinds of additives and preservatives and Lord knows what else, but a whole food doesn't have anything added to it. So a whole food is a food that's in its same state as when it was picked off the tree or comes out of the ground or off the vine and hasn't been adulterated with other things added to it. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? So Elizabeth Yarnell is back for her second round with us. She is a traditional naturopath with a mission to empower people suffering from MS and other autoimmune diseases to reclaim their health naturally. And since being diagnosed with MS in 1999, she's worked with hundreds of MS and other autoimmune sufferers in her U.S. clinic using unique personalized natural therapies to empower us, us Spoonies, to reclaim our health. And so I'm excited to welcome her back. Hi, Elizabeth. Hi, Edie. Let's chat it up a bit. And today we're going to be talking about MS and food sensitivities specifically. We got into a little bit last time, but I really wanted to highlight some special things that you do, like, for example, that award-winning cookbook that sold in you know the tens of thousands. Tell us a little bit about that, how that came into being for you, and why? why, what's the purpose of this? So as I mentioned in the last episode, when I was diagnosed, I asked my MS doctors, would it change anything if I had a healthier diet? And they were like, you know, everybody should have a healthy diet, but they couldn't even tell me what that was. And my then boyfriend at the time, then fiance, I should say, now husband of more than 20 years, was a competitive athlete and he was into organic foods and and eating healthy. And he said, you know, your diet is really terrible. Maybe that has something to do with how you ended up here. And I had to admit he was right because as I mentioned earlier in the entire decade of my 20s, I either ate fast food, I ate restaurant food, or I just really skipped the meal. And the only staple foods I kept in my apartment were gummy bears, Diet Coke, and Crystal Light. So I had to admit he maybe had a point. And that's when I thought, okay, well, I'm willing to have a healthier diet, but I don't really know what that means. So I started studying from resources like the ADA and the Mayo Clinic. And really what they all seemed to be saying was the same foundational message, was that whole foods were better than processed foods. And I thought, oh, okay, well, that makes sense because processed foods are full of all kinds of additives and preservatives and Lord knows what else. But a whole food doesn't have anything added to it. So a whole food is a food that's in its same state as when it was picked off the tree or comes out of the ground or off the vine 
and hasn't been adulterated with other things added to it. And I thought, okay, well, I can do that except for I don't know how to cook. So I started taking cooking classes and watching the Food Network and quickly learned that preparing a diet from Whole Foods was super time and labor intensive. And fatigue is a hallmark of MS, as I'm sure you know. So I thought, you know, this is really tough. And then one night we were watching late night TV and this infomercial came on. This was the days when we only had three channels because we didn't have cable. If I can age myself here. So this guy comes on and he says, look, I can make your whole meal in this one countertop appliance. And he puts in dry rice and a can of tomatoes. And then he puts a metal grate over it. Then puts chicken breast on top of that grate. And then another metal grate over that. And then brownies on top of that grate covers the whole thing with a dome, plugs it in and turns it on. Very, very, I dream of genie-ish. And I thought, you know, that looks really cool. I want to make my whole whole foods-based meal all in one, one pot, but I don't have that, that countertop appliance and I don't have any of those metal grates and I don't really care about the brownies. So I went over to my oven and I thought, oh, I bet that this that that countertop appliance probably gets pretty hot because it didn't seem like it took that long to cook. So I put my oven up at 450 degrees. So all of you actual cooks out there will be in horror right now because really, if you know how to cook, you know that the only things you cook at 450 degrees are like pizza and maybe bread, things like that. It's very hot. But I was cooking um, fish fillets, which you're not supposed to cook at eat. But again, I didn't know the rules, which sometimes can be a benefit when you become an accidental inventor. And I had just received a little cast iron Dutch oven as a wedding gift. And it was so little and so cute. And we had thought, this is such a nice cast iron pot, but we have no idea what to do with it. Maybe I can just layer my food into this cast iron Dutch oven like the guy did on TV. And I did. I put in frozen fish fillets and fresh vegetables and some herbs. And I put the lid on it and put it in the oven. And in about half an hour, it just started to smell like dinner. And that just became the way that we cooked until my college roommate came to visit for a week. And at the end of the week, she said, could you please teach me how to cook like you cook? And I said, you've been here. You see the way I do it. I literally just throw things into the cast iron Dutch oven and put it in the oven. And she said, you know, I think there's a little bit more to it than that. And I thought, okay, well, maybe there is. Maybe I've learned some things along the way. So I sat down, I wrote out a manuscript and I spent the next five years approaching agents and publishers and trying to get my book published. 2005, I finally decided just to go ahead and self-publish, which I did. And it turned out to be a great decision because in the first month, I sold out my entire first print run of 2000 books. I was on the local bestsellers list for months and months. And eventually I sold enough books that I came to the attention of Random House. And then they republished my book in 2009 under the Clarkson Potter imprint which is now where it is still. So this is my cookbook. It's called Glorious One Pot Meals, like glorious, like hallelujah. And it's just super quick and easy way to cook healthy foods easily and quickly and deliciously. It has to taste good. That was the big criteria. It's a way to get a healthy dinner on the table any night of the week. And very little cleanup, which is right up my alley. And very only one pot to clean up. Exactly. 
I love that. And leftovers, I can just kind of keep in that little pot, right? And they have different sizes of pots, so I don't have to cook like for 10 people. And But I can if I want to, right? Because you can reheat yes. those meals. Not only that, but so in the cookbook, I designed all the recipes to work for two people. And I got actually a lot of pushback from this from the cookbook industry. Well, we need you to expand it to make a recipes that work for six people. I'm like every other cookbook has recipes for six people, but if you're only a two person, one person or two person household, now you're eating the same food leftover for a week or you have to do the math to figure out the fractions. I'd rather do the math to increase. So double or triple the size to feed four or six people rather than have to reduce it down. And so when in your recipes, do you have things in there? Because I know you are a guru about talking about food sensitivities and inflammation. Do you have any specific ingredients that you use over and over again? So in my cookbook, there aren't any additives and preservatives. That is universal across all of my recipes. But other than that, my goal is to give you the inspiration to create your own recipes based on my suggestions for what works for you and what is non-inflammatory for you. So you can use this cookbook if you're vegan, for example, even though only, I don't even know, maybe 30 recipes are vegan, but every recipe can be vegan because any protein is substitutable for any protein, any carb for any carb, and any veggie for any veggie. So you can really make this tailored to what you need. If you're avoiding, say, nightshade vegetables, you don't have to use the eggplant. So we need to take the information that Elizabeth taught us in her first episode and bring it into this one and adapt as we need it. And there's different people in your home that have those different sensitivities. So I like that too, because I can cook for those individual meals using your, your book. You can actually cook two different meals in the same cast iron Dutch oven at the same time. I would put like a tuna steak on one side for myself and maybe a frozen pork tenderloin for my husband on his side. They don't merge or mesh. These are not stews. They won't all come together. Okay, even better. Look at you. I love this. <laughs> Learning these new things kind of gets me excited about, you know, the new stuff. And so... I get like really gung-ho about it and you're giving me lots of ideas, Elizabeth. So thank you. You can join 65,000 other home cooks who love glorious one pot meals. <laughs> glorious one pot meals. Okay. We're going to put links and all of that in the show notes for everybody. So you'll have that information. But there was another thing that I saw on your website that I really wanted to kind of investigate with you. So I used to, I don't want to say drink heavily, but yes, I did. And, you know, started in college and it became like a very social thing. And at different points in my life, I drank more heavily than others. And right now I'm not so much of a drinker. I I do it more socially, but I don't really feel great the next day if I have too much. So I saw on your site that you said there's some safe, quote unquote, alcohol to drink. Can you share that with us? Well, again, that what alcohol is safe for you is going to be personalized for you. But that is something that I work with each of my clients to help determine because 
my goal is to make this a very clean and sustainable way for you to live. And if I tell you you're never going to have alcohol again, how long do you think you're going to last on my plan? Probably not that long, right? So like for me, my safest alcohol is vodka made from potatoes. Now you might think, isn't all vodka made from potatoes? But it is not. And in fact, it is kind of hard to find a vodka made from potatoes, but they are out there. And for me, I can drink several drinks of vodka made from potatoes and have no hangover, no ill effects. But if I have half a glass of wine, I am three hours later, I have to go to bed because I have a raging headache. I feel terrible the next day and I have sometimes diarrhea on top of it. So even the clean, clean organic wines I still have that effect on me. I have to look at it that I probably drank my share of wine in my life. <laughs> and now it's okay if I don't have any more wine, but I have a substitute. So like my drink of choice is I have my potato vodka. I have fresh squeezed lime. And then I put in a little sugar or simple homemade simple syrup that is just sugar and water because I like a little bit of sweetener. You don't need to. You could use agave if you wanted to or something mm -hmm. else. Or maple syrup is actually something I've used quite a bit. And then I just fill it from my soda stream. So carbonated water. And I have asked for one of those soda streams for Christmas. <laughs> so. That is a great tool to have if you're looking to clean up your diet, right? Because now you can make your own sodas. Like I have in my fridge right now, I have like black cherry juice, which is very highly concentrated. It's organic. And I can just put a little bit of black cherry juice and then soda, water from my soda stream. And I've got a black cherry soda. I love doing the podcast. Sometimes I get this homework, right? That I want to accomplish. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's really, really helpful for me anyways. I'm sure some of our listeners will appreciate that tip too. So Elizabeth, from, you know, focusing on whole foods, you know, using, utilizing um, something like your cookbook, Laureus One Pot Meals, and learning about this vodka. I'm excited. I'm going to go <laughs> research it when we get off our call. So thank you so much for being here. Will you please tell everyone where they can find you? Absolutely. So you can always find everything about me at my website, elizabethyarnell.com. But you can find more about Glorious One Pot Meals at Glorious, G-L-O-R-I-O-U-S, one O-N-E, potmeals.com. And if you go there, you, I'm offering, I'll give you a download of my ultimate checklist for stocking your freezer and pantry with the right foods, the right whole foods, so that it is super, super easy to pull together a glorious one pot meal, even if you haven't been to the grocery store in three weeks. Everybody needs to rush over and go take a look at what Elizabeth has to offer on her website. Thank you so, so much for being here with me today. I appreciate your time. And even though she's still feeling that little voice things. So like I said, links will be in the show notes. And if you're enjoying listening to our show, please make sure you're sharing it with your friends so they can hear all this great information too. Have a great day, everyone, and keep thriving. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.